You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad, and I would have to say the pandemic has caused problems but given opportunity. And a classical musician living on the west coast of Ireland, who in the period of, oh no, we're about eight months, <clears throat> has attracted over 19,000 followers on Twitter. And that is because every day play a piece of music on his cello, and that's Patrick Dexter. And Patrick has come along for a chat. Patrick, thanks a million, first of all, for coming on and having a chat with us. Hello there, Austin. A pleasure to, to be chatting with you today. You're on the west coast of Ireland. You're in County Mayo in a relatively quiet spot and not a spot that would be associated with classical music. No, not really. I suppose you're right. Yeah, it is, first of all, indeed a quiet spot. This is, classical music um, is something that is pretty here. Uh, there's a rich tradition, or at least there was in Irish traditional music, um, going back the last the last century, um, but a lot of that music and a lot of musicians in general uh, would have moved away from the county over the last century, uh, whether they were traditional or classical musicians, and that poses a, a dual problem for a, a culture of music in a country, uh, which is that um, firstly there isn't the musicians there. Uh, to perform and for people to listen to but also most musicians myself included would also teach music you know as, uh, as well as perform and uh, so with the generation of or uh, multiple generations of musicians who would have moved away to the likes of London New York or many to Canada um, even continuing to my generation I have a lot of friends who are musicians and have moved to uh, British Columbia or have moved to um, you know the east of Canada as well and uh, so without those people there to teach people here music uh, there's been very little uh, music for people to learn um, and that spans both classical and Irish traditional music but I feel in the classical music tradition uh, it's particularly lacking because uh, there are some um, systems in place such as the organization Kyoto's um, Kyotorum which makes a big effort to get uh, some small amount of music education to young people in the traditional Irish uh, music world but uh, with the classical music, music there's nothing like that so uh, really um, classical music is something that many people here love and uh, myself I grew up with classical music in the other side of Ireland in Dublin but um, here as I say not so much classical music but you know, people that you will meet, they really, really love classical music, and uh, it's part of the reason why I, I was surprised to get such a warm reception for the music that I'm making here, but I think that does feed into it, um, something, uh, a place in the world where there's not a lot of classical music, but uh, certainly something that's been enjoyed by people. You mentioned there you came from the East Coast to the West Coast, but the normal migration is from the West Coast to the East Coast, and particularly for something like classical music, because while people would have grown up in um, rural Irish towns and there would have been a piano teacher, uh, getting access to other instruments like the cello would not have been that easy. No, uh, you're probably right there, Austin. The, the cello um, is not something that is very common here and it does, has never been given a place uh, in Irish traditional music. Um, now, you do see now more and more cello being incorporated as the Irish traditional music evolves and diversifies and you have the likes of great musicians working with cellists like um, Martin Hayes 
uh, from County Clare, who his group, The Gloaming, uh, bringing in um, influences from classical music. But uh, going back also to Sean Davey, these composers, uh, they were incorporating the cello into their music, you know. Um, but yeah, it was never something that um, would have been popular, especially for young children to learn. Uh, that was partly why, in the long story of what made me end up taking up music in a big way when I moved here to the west of Ireland was that um, I had been working as a cello teacher from, from when I was a teenager, but I had moved abroad and almost forgotten about it, um, living and working, doing different things. And when I came to the west of Ireland, uh, I found out that there had, hadn't been a cello teacher in the area where I lived for four or five years. And... Um, a lot of people I met, as you said, had to travel, maybe not as far as Dublin, but certainly to Galway or to Sligo to get lessons. And um, so I uh, quickly you know, decided that I was going to start teaching and playing. And, uh, you know, I had the same attitude, thinking it wasn't uh, something that was going to be, uh, it wasn't a normal part of the, the musical world, the cello. Um, but I found that there was a great need for it in lots of different uh, music settings in musical theatre that happens here and in a lot of the, the kids' music organisations that are, are going here that are, are great, a lot of them voluntary-based and also um, what I've got involved in a big way which is the community music organisations here in the area of Westport where I live um, which has uh, gotten great support um, the idea of people of all ages, students up to retired people um, getting involved, maybe they played music when they were younger a little, but they've maybe uh, moved away from it, getting back into music and playing it as a community in a both uh, some traditional Irish music, but also classical music in the setting of a small community orchestra, which is something that is very new for this part of the country, whereas that would have only happened really in the cities before in Ireland. On a logistical level, of course, with traditional Irish reform music, you could just bring your tin whistle or your fiddle, which you bringing a cello or a larger instrument like a harp would not be so easy. Yeah, um, I, that's a, an interesting theory. I, I haven't, uh, haven't come across that as an obstacle, uh, the size of instruments. I mean, and I'm not sure if it really does apply to the Irish traditional music because the richest tradition we have in this country, which stems back to the, as far as the 16th century, and we have music written down, from the 17th, 18th century, a lot of it is the harp music of Ireland. And the harp really is our, it's our national emblem. It's our national instrument. It is the, the quintessential Irish instrument. And if you've ever transported a harp, I had a few students in the, the Gale School where I teach who play the harp. My goodness, it is a difficult instrument to transport. I mean, I have it, you have it easier as a, as a cellist, I do, compared to a harp. So I, I don't think that... Uh, the idea of the folk music being something that only happens, you know, in a pub where someone whips out the tin whistle, as you say, or the fiddle from their pocket, or happens in a, in a shebeen on the mountainside somewhere, is not really... Uh, that's a relatively new phenomenon, I, I think, that sort of came around in the 20th century, and, you know, that place for Irish music, because there's a deeper tradition, an older tradition, which is one that I find myself wanting to engage with, which is this Harper tradition that stems back, as I say, to the likes of O'Carolan all the way up to the high kings of Ireland who listen to this music. So since the pandemic and you headed out onto YouTube and social media, you're now over 19,000 followers on Twitter. Has that surprised you? 
it has surprised me, yes. Certainly did surprise me. Um, and I've never fully gotten to the bottom of it, but uh, a, a big part that I've realized is not just the music that I'm um, sharing with people, but also there is a, a, a worldwide interest in Ireland, rural Ireland, maybe the west of Ireland in particular, uh, as being some place that is perhaps quite untouched, unspoiled, and very naturally beautiful. And I'm lucky to live in this part of the world. And I think, you know, during the, the lockdowns that have happened this year, uh, which has affected musicians very very harshly uh, to not be able to perform. Um, most musicians, if they were sharing music and they couldn't perform, they would do it from their home. And I felt it was the one thing that I had that maybe set me apart from some of the top musicians maybe living in London or Toronto or New York uh, who have uh, are playing in, regularly in these big concert halls in normal times. I can never... Uh, play to that standard uh, really myself as, as a sort of community musician and somebody who has not their whole life made it uh, their work but, but now I feel that I do have something to offer which is uh, what I love doing which is playing music outdoors in the Irish uh, natural landscape and that's something that even the I'm, I'm proud enough to say that you know that's something that is anybody who lives somewhere in a beautiful place and maybe top musicians living in the big cities don't have access to that as much and I found it seemed that people were genuinely interested in seeing that sort of landscape and hearing the music that I had to share from it. You've been now sharing practically every day if not every day since the pandemic. What inspires you or how do you come about selecting what you're going to play? Okay yes that is a great question so I have a very diverse interest in music but there is always something that grabs me about a certain tune, and it can be from really any tradition. Usually something that I would have perhaps heard maybe in my youth or something that I've heard a while ago and, and, and has always stayed with me. And those melodies really can be from anywhere and any tradition, and they could have been written yesterday or they could have been written a thousand years ago. But there's something about certain melodies that uh, for me stay with me, and... Um, whether it's from the unconscious mind or something, I'm not quite sure. Certain melodies will come to me on certain days, and I think, you know what? This feels like a perfect day or a perfect time of year uh, or the perfect uh, feeling that I have in me at the moment to play this melody. Uh, and uh, that would be my, my main criteria for selection uh, would, be, would be that attachment to a melody and the feeling that I would want to play it that day. So literally, does the mood hit you on the day uh, and you select from that or do you have any idea what you might be going to play tomorrow? Tomorrow, no. I can, I can tell you what I'm playing today. No, I don't know what I'm going to play tomorrow. Um, although maybe I have a feeling uh, because the, the season is changing now, isn't it? So um, it is becoming, you know, it's a little late in the west of Ireland. Uh, the seasons are often... Winter doesn't really kick in certainly not on the 1st of November anyway, as the calendar would tell you. Uh, but now as we're getting into November, it's coming in, which makes me think of um, Antonio Vivaldi's uh, Four Seasons, which a uh, famous piece of music written in the early 18th century uh, in, in Venice in Italy, 
and it is a violin concerto, violin solo piece. Famously sets out a theme of music for the four different seasons of the year, and uh, the one that, of course, brings to mind to me at the moment that I will play tomorrow is the winter fourth movement of that. And um, so that's a little in. Just before we spoke, I was playing. Uh, we had a bit of sunshine, and I was playing a piece by Eric, who is a, a mid-19th century French composer for piano music that so he would write for the salons. And uh, I decided today one of his pieces, the Gymnopédie, which is a, a piece of solo piano music but, uh, that I've arranged for cello, was appropriate because it always gives me this sense, this feeling of waiting for something. You know, it gives me this feeling of suspense, maybe in time, maybe limbo is the word you could use, but it always gave me that feeling, and I don't know about yourself, but certainly myself and people all over the world, especially in the US, have a definite feeling today, uh, the day that's in it, of waiting for, for events to transpire relating to the election, so the US. Patrick, you're also a teacher. Yes, I do. Um, teaching would, would be a big part of what I do, but as you can imagine, um, uh, teaching this year took an abrupt uh, change of course because I mostly teach in a national school and they were all closed earlier in the year uh, as part of a national lockd lockdown. So teaching abruptly came to a halt. Now, I was able to continue some of it online, which I was very grateful for, but um, unfortunately, again, in September, when things, some of the teaching was to start up again, again, we had last week uh, a call for a national lockdown. So now the music school that I also work in is closed as well. So though some of the teaching has been able to be that has been a, a, big, a big hole in my working life, which I am sad to, uh, to not be able to do, especially in the national school where I would teach big groups of children from all different backgrounds. Uh, you know these general music classes, but uh, yes, with my with my dedicated students who are willing to go online and embrace the technology, I'm continuing classes that way. The pandemic has, pandemic has been a struggle for an awful lot of people. How have you found it living in the West Coast, relatively quiet area? So yeah, um, I think it's a specific experience uh, that I would have um, compared to others um, in that. Living in in an already uh, maybe isolated or remote part of the country, um, there isn't always the feeling of that there is the lockdown going on, and as well for that for me, um, it coincided this year with the birth of my first child, my daughter, and you know this was a very special time uh, for my family and a lot of time spent at home, um, but at times you know because of living in in a Sometimes we even forgot that the lockdown was going on, you know. So in, in some ways, uh, it was it was pleasant to be somewhere where you can forget a little bit bit about what's going on in the world, and especially if you take a day or two off following the news, you can really get a sense to forget about um, what's going on there. But at the same time, yeah, the the the, the difficulty uh, of not being able to see family is difficult and. With friends, though we do, uh, really, it is a struggle to not have those few things that you look forward to um, meeting up with other people. Um, 
but in terms of the outdoors, and I know you are right, for me, I live the other side of Clue Bay where Crowpatrick is, so I don't have the beautiful mountain Crowpatrick within my five kilometers to climb, but uh, the thing about County Mayo, as well as most of the country of Ireland, is there's, there's very few five kilometers square five kilometer radius in the whole country where you won't find outstandingly beautiful water where I am is no different to stay in my five kilometers for the moment. Has this experience in any way encouraged you or caused you to want to maybe create an album? Yeah I, I would love to do that that is certainly a plan for the future it takes uh, certainly more time and uh, a half an hour to play a bit of music there on the internet which I can do easily in between uh, my daughter, but something like a, uh, a project like that takes a little bit more time and dedication. I don't know when I will have to do that, but I, I hope uh, for the next year, the new year, where I hope to, my father is also living here in the west of Ireland, and he's a fantastic musician, John Dexter is his name. He's a well-known musician here, a keyboard player and conductor here in Ireland, and uh, we hope to uh, release and record some music together in the new year, so that's something that I'm certainly looking forward to. So Patrick, where can people find you if they want to out there on the web? Yes, yeah, so you can find all my music and uh, watch me play uh, most days here in the beautiful west of Ireland on YouTube, where you will find me. And um, if you go to www.com forward slash Patrick Dexter, or if you just type YouTube Patrick Dexter into Google, me there, my YouTube channel, and there you'll have full access to uh, all the all the music that I'm making. And if you click the uh, subscribe button for completely free, you'll get uh, um, uh, all the daily music that comes out there for yourself. I'll have to admit I'm not a great YouTuber, but uh, Twitter tends to be my place of uh, keeping tra- trying to keep track of what's going on out there. Other social media is great. Uh, great way of connecting with people all over the world in a, in a, in a short, quick format, um, which suits itself at times to music, um, but uh, if you have a little bit more time, uh, I would say uh, go over to the YouTube and uh, you'll have the full performances of all these music and uh, you'll be able to enjoy them on, on a, a full quality uh, audio as well there. Well, Patrick, I want to thank you, and it's been fasc- fascinating having a chat. And again, congratulations on becoming a new father, and uh, wishing you the best in the future. Very good, yes. So, um, indeed, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to chat to you, Austin. Best of luck.